What's up, NBA fans, and welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and I'm sick tonight, but I'm going to try, try, like Jimmy Butler says, to keep that same energy. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but we got a we got a long long time uh, guest rejoining the show tonight. He hasn't been on for a minute. Uh, you all know him. You all love him. Jawan Carter is back on the program. What's up, Jawan? What's going on, guys? Glad to be back and talk some basketball. Indeed, sir. Uh, and joining us also is Luke Elves. What up, Luke? Hello, well, y'all. Happy New Year. I uh, hope you both had a great New Year's Eve and uh, about to be here and well. Indeed. I mean, it'd be a lot better if I wasn't fucking sick, but, <laughs> but you know, what are you going to do? Um, no, the, the, like, the funniest part about it is I have, like, 11 days off in a row, and it's like, dude, like, be sick any time in that span. No, like, you know, the day you go back to work, it's like, oh, hey, now, now it's about time for you to get sick. Oh, great. Thank you, sickness. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to fight through it. I'm going to pull a, a Jordan flu game here. Um, but uh, let's uh, let's get into the topics, fellas. Uh, so we're gonna break down uh, four different teams tonight and some some various stories going on uh, within these teams. Uh, we're gonna start out west with Houston Rockets. Obviously, uh, Harden's return to MVP form is kind of the focus right now. But let's play a little catch up. Uh, you know, since we since we've had a, a extended time off, uh, let's play a little catch up and, and cover some other stories that have happened. Uh, so CP3 tweaked his hamstring again, and it's just par for the course, basically, for for the the man's career. It sucks. Like, it really sucks. He's been kind of, like, struggling, too, this season. Like, just not playing up to typical CP3 standard. And, and you know, you just kind of wondered, like, is what happened last year in the playoffs, like, you know, hanging around. And this certainly kind of points to perhaps that is what it was. And, I mean, as of right now, you just got to sit that guy as long as it takes to get him healthy for the playoffs because we saw what happened when they don't have CP3 in the playoffs uh, last season, and they're not even as good roster-wise as they were last season. So, I mean, I, I just feel like that's got to be, you know, kind of your number one goal right now, especially given Harden's playing so well and you're, you're kind of back cemented firmly in the playoff picture, um, whereas, you know, obviously early on in the season that was a um, kind of uh, a, a question mark. Um, but uh, I'm going to kick it to you first, Jawan. Um, you've kind of always been uh, – you know, there's there's several players in the league that you say you gotta you gotta see it. They gotta prove it to you, um, whether it be uh, someone's clutchness or someone staying healthy, like in this case with CP3. Um, I, I, how do you look at this situation, and do you just think, of course, this happened because this always happens? Uh, well, James Harden being back to MVP form. The idea that bothers me, because, again, I told you guys, James Harden is the NBA's version of Peyton Manning, a guy who will look – actually, you know what? I take that back. He's not even the NBA's version of Peyton Manning, because Peyton actually <laughs> broke the threshold and won a few rings. He is the Philip Rivers of the NBA. 
a guy who puts <laughs> up numbers, who looks promising, who you know is good enough to get you past the hump. But when you need him in that in that crunch time, he, he fails. And to me, James Harden, to me, has not had a playoff run the way Curry did. Like, I still believe Curry hasn't had his breakout moment in the finals, and I think he might have it this year. Um, but Harden, to me, hasn't had that series when it mattered, when it mattered most, to where he just showed up, where he put up these astronomical numbers uh, to lead the, the Rockets to a victory. I feel like this team is going to look really good, maybe finish third, fourth, maybe even second, whatever, possibly get to the uh, Western Conference Finals and do exactly what they did last year and lose. Um, and, and that's just it, – it, it just bothers me because I look at James Harden the same way I look at Phillip Rivers. They're just so talented. But then something always happens, whether it's on them not showing up or someone that they really depend on going out with an injury or, or something along those lines, and they just can't get it done. Uh, this is more par for, for the course, really. But this speaks more to the fact that this team is purely ran off of Harden and CP3. Um, that I do think after this season, uh, D'Antoni does need to step back and reevaluate and think, do we maybe need to go get another star? Because CP3 is on his way out, and Harden is still in his prime. Like, he's putting up these astronomical numbers right now. So he's obviously still in his prime. They need to go out and get another guy that can help Harden, whether it's in the regular season, when he doesn't really need it, or in the playoffs when it matters the most. Uh, so D'Antoni really has to take a look at that because if not, the entire time, uh, the rest of the time of Harden's uh, uh, prime, he's just going to look really good in the regular season, get to the playoffs, and get bounced out. Well, and, I mean, to speak to that, I mean, that's at least I feel exactly why Daryl Morey was willing to give up four first-rounders to get Jimmy Butler because he sees that same – that same kind of thing. Like we need that other guy. Like we need some other kind of piece, um, you know, to, to really give ourselves our best chance in, in the playoffs. Uh, and they were, you know, obviously willing to, to throw a cachet of lottery or not lottery picks, but first rounders um, at Minnesota in order to get, um, in order to get Jimmy Butler. They just didn't have, they, they, they didn't have a single like decent player on their team who they could, you know, include in that package. Um, and, you know, if they had wanted, you know, to take Eric Gordon, they weren't going to give him quite as many picks. And, and then you don't have your, your six man and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, so, but I mean, I, I do think you're right. They, they definitely need to add something else as currently constructed. I don't necessarily know that it needs to be a star, but they need to get somebody who can be, um, uh, what Trevor Ariza was for that team last year, uh, if they're going to have any chance at, at, you know, even getting back to the finals, much less, um, you know, any further than that, you know. Um, but, uh, but Luke, um, just in general, what are your thoughts on CP3's uh, hamstring injury? And um, I guess we can go ahead if you want to uh, talk about, um, you know, the Rockets in general and, and Harden sort of return to MVP form. No, I mean, it's sad, you know, seeing CP3 go out again. I mean, it's just a storyline. I mean, it happens. Um, but honestly, I mean, when he first went down, you know, 
I was kind of worried, and they're already in a bad spot. But the trades that they they did, I mean, House is pretty good for them right now, playing well. And no lie, I don't know how I'm going to say this, but Austin Rivers has not been that bad for them and could be yeah. serviceable in the meantime, which can help them out in the long run if they just really take their time with CP3 this time. And just, you know, I would not play him as much. I mean, Leonard, uh, Kawhi doesn't even play back-to-backs. I wouldn't, I wouldn't probably do as much as that. I wouldn't make him play any more back-to-backs. Maybe if it's like a crazy, like, multiple game, he might play one. And then I would be resting him for the playoffs. But still making sure he's in four. But I wouldn't hesitate because, you know, right now the two people that are having a service role, besides what Harden's doing, I mean, they're not that bad right now in Rivers and House. But Harden's just on this tear. I mean, I love it yeah. uh, because my one of my great friends is just the biggest Harden hater, and it just makes me so much happier when Harden just goes on these tears. And I just send him all these things. Like yesterday, his two – he just tied with MJ and Kobe for yeah. 400 points in 10 games. I mean, the third yeah. player ever to do that. I mean, that's just great. It, well, right in, the, in the last 30 years, yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure Walt Chamberlain's done that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's just amazing. And then just he's just been on the tear right now, and he's starting to look like the kind of the Harden of two years ago where he was really running that team. Like he was doing his thing, but he was still just running the team really well at the point before they got Chris Paul. So I think if he, they can keep to him doing the system and then just he's Chris Paul back in, I mean, they could make a run now. I – I don't even see him possibly making to the Western Conference Finals just because the Western Conference Finals is so good. They're going to have to do a trade like you guys are saying, and I don't think it's the star. Um, I know you've thrown out there Baysmore would be uh, to them, which would be good. Um, Got to do it. Uh, would you think that they would try to get an auto porter? I'm not saying auto porter. They don't have the money for him. I mean, they just don't. They don't have the money to, to like match that contract. They don't have the money for it. Yeah. So, so but I they mean, could try. It, they could tough. trade for Ariza. Like, I mean, and we'll get to Washington's situation, uh, you know, here in a bit. Um, but like, maybe, I mean, how many? How? That's the thing. Like, I feel like it. I don't know if Washington would want to take on. Uh, um, shit. What's his name? I don't know why. I'm, I'm sick. It's slipping my head. Um, the point, Brandon Knight. I don't know if they would want to take on the additional year of his salary would be the biggest thing, especially when you got John Wall's um, salary kicking into super max levels next season. So that would be the really tricky thing. Um, but that I, I think that could be interesting if they um, if they could pull that off. Um, but uh, I, I think I think you would have to get a third team involved, and then so you would essentially be sending um, a third team. Um, a third team would get Brandon Knight and like a first rounder and then Washington would take back an expiring like a a shitty players expiring contract maybe a couple second rounders um, and then uh, Ariza would go back to the Rockets but honestly like man at this point I would rather I'd rather just trade for Bazemore like you're going to get more mileage out of of Kent Bazemore he's younger um, he's like, don't get me wrong, Kim Bazemore is not as um, as good of a as, – as, like, 
typical of three and D um, as Ariza is. Um, he's actually, but he's actually more versatile. Um, he's actually like better at attacking attacking the rim, um, but he's not quite the shooter Ariza is. And he's, I think he's honestly, I think he's as good of a defender, but he doesn't have the reach and the length um, that Ariza has. So like Ariza definitely gets the marks there. Um, but Ariza is also like three years older than him. Um, I would, I think I would rather have Bazemore, honestly. Um, and I don't feel like it would cost you as much, um, as just because of the contract situation that he has. And, you know, with, with the Hawks, um, they would be more willing to take on a contract where you wouldn't have to get a third team involved. Um, but yeah, I mean, they got to do something like that. But yeah, Harden has been amazing. Uh, I mean, like you said, Luke, four, 400 points in 10 fucking games. That is, that is insane. Um, and you know what? Like, I really, really, really loved them signing Austin Rivers. Um, I know y'all can attest to this. When uh, Joel told us he was going to Memphis, and then Joel was like, wait, it's not, it's not a done deal. Like, the first team that I thought of was Houston. And I was like, man, it's too bad, like, he and Chris Paul hate each other because, like, he'd be perfect in Houston. Um, and then, I, you know, bring – brainstormed a couple other teams I could see him on New Orleans, Orlando. Um, but, uh, but I'm glad they were able to set aside like, you know, cause I mean, I feel like Daryl Morey had to go to Chris Paul and be like, look, I want to pick up Austin rivers. You're hurt. We need a backup point guard, even when you're not hurt and, or just a backup guard, whatever combo guard, whatever. Um, and, you know, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, or not Michael Kidd Gilchrist, uh, uh, the other hyphen, Michael Carter Williams. Michael Carter Williams. Uh, is not, yeah, is not that guy. And, like, Chris Paul wants to win, and he's like, you know what? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I I can be cool with him. Like, we're not going to be friends, but, I mean, I can I can be cool with him in a work environment, you know. Um, and, you know, to Austin Rivers' credit as well, he was like, you know what? Yeah, like. Uh, this is this is undoubtedly the team where I'm going to make the most difference to that team. Uh, so yeah, who cares? Like Chris Paul and I don't have to like each other. We just have to um, coexist in a locker room, uh, which they did for many many years. Um, so yeah, I, I really like that that was able to work out because I do. I think he's he's played well for the team. He played well in his first game for the team. Um, on Christmas Day and, you know, hit some huge buckets down the stretch to help, um, you know, close out the uh, the Thunder. So, like, props to them, props to all parties involved on that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Harden's, Harden's amazing. Um, he, he is an offensive juggernaut. And, I, you know, it's funny, too. I heard someone pose the question the other day, and I think, um, I don't know, Juwan, maybe – it, it might have been in the sports bar um, podcast uh, um, arena where it was posed. I can't remember. But it, it, the question was, um, who is a better, um, like, offensive player? Like, who's, who's, who's a better bucket getter, um, James Harden or Kevin Durant? And I was like, uh, Ke- um, well, shit, man. I like, – I don't know. Like, I, I want to say Durant simply because I think if you put Durant on a team where he doesn't have Steph and Clay and all of them, like, he would be he would be doing what Harden is doing right now. 
but it's like I don't know. Like I would have to actually see it. So I, I'm I'm inclined to say Durant, but I I couldn't defend it really um, any more than just by saying I think that Kevin Durant would be putting up James Harden-esque numbers if he was on a team built more like the Rockets where he was more the centerpiece. Um, Jawan, uh, do you kind of agree with me there? Like, do you think it's D or do you think like, is it, is it at least close to you? Um, Cause I know, I know you love KD, um, but like, let's say if KD came to the Knicks next year, would he be putting up these hard nest numbers? Um, well, yes, actually. Um, and I say that because of the way that, uh, well, also let me preface this by saying I'm biased, but, the way um, the, the way Coach Fizz has the Knicks playing, like the Knicks aren't often getting blown out this year. Like they've they've been relatively close in in a lot of their games, like in the a Hawks lot of big year. games. Um, right, right. So to me, I don't think Kevin Durant would have to come to a team where he's with scrubs that you know don't really know what they're doing, or the organization isn't really knowing what they're doing. I think if you did put him on a team like the Knicks, he could still get great numbers. At the same time. Um, it would kind of help a lot of these other guys develop a little bit more because you have a guy of his stature looking to win now. Like, there is no development stage when you get a Kevin Durant. So it would be like, all right, all chips to the middle of the table, let's go. Um, but I will say I will say it is, it is close. The only advantage I give Durant um, is the same advantage I give Durant over LeBron. He is just at that length, at that height, to be able to defend and shoot and stay healthy. Um, and not be Durant defended. Right, and not be able like to. you can't yeah, defend exactly. him. You know, like, right. you, you can defend Harden. You just have to do it really, really, really well. You can't let him, you cannot put your hands in on him because he'll get the foul call every time. But if you're a really good defender, you can defend him. You, there's, you, there's no way, you can't, you, you just, nobody in the league is tall and maybe Giannis. That's the only guy who I think could possibly defend Kevin Durant. That's it. There ain't anybody else. Right. Um, so, I mean, you, you look at the length of Kevin Durant, you have to give him the advantage. Um, so, I mean, that's my advantage over Harden. And also, I think Harden, for some odd reason, the refs just, like, completely ignore when he travels, completely ignores when he, uh, uh, when he um, initiates the contact. Like, they're just completely blind when it comes – it's bird box when it comes to Harden. Um, so <laughs> that, that just always bothered me. That like, they'll, they'll blatantly look at his feet shuffle like 30 times, and then he'll step back and shoot it. And they'll be like, man, yeah, great shot. Like, that was a travel. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean great shot? So, I mean, that's just what bothers me a lot about Harden. But I will say it is close, but I do give the advantage to Durant. Yeah, the whole, the whole Harden traveling thing, like, he – it, it's weird it it because he does do it um but like when you see it in real time it doesn't like it's sometimes it does look like blatant but sometimes it doesn't like it, i could see where a ref's like even looking right at it and is like i don't know like I, like did he take two steps did did like when when he actually collected the, like did he take a step before he actually collected the ball and then take two steps because you're allowed to do that but um, like when exactly did he collect the ball? Um, and I think the funny thing about Harden is um, like they don't call they they don't miss so many travel calls in the NBA. They like don't call them anyway. 
But the, I think the reason that Harden catches the ire of NBA fans so much is because he does it so much differently than everybody else. Like, nobody else travels like James Harden. Like, everybody in the NBA travels, but no one's mastered it like James Harden, um, where he's actually, like, made it a repertoire um, of his offensive attack. Um, so, like, yeah, I mean, I, I but, I mean, I, I do feel you on that. It does, it does get frustrating sometimes, especially when you're watching a game and, you know, he's going up against a team you're rooting for and you're, you, like, blatantly see it and you're like, damn, dude, why aren't you calling that? Um, I got to say, one of my all-time favorite NBA what-ifs is, and, and I, I say this just because I, it, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. I love Russell Westbrook. Um, he means everything to OKC, so don't, don't come, like, shouting at me in the mentions, OKC fans. But, um, but how crazy, like, would that team have been had they kept Harden instead of Westbrook? Like, if they had kept Harden, moved him to point guard, and you had Harden and KD um, on a team together as offensively dominant as both of those guys are and as different as both both of them are, um, it, like, I don't know, that would be that would be something to see. Uh, but, Luke, uh, before we move on, um, what are your thoughts on the matter? Do you think um, – do you kind of see it like Juwan and myself where we you, you give the edge to KD or – you know, I mean, fucking James Harden made it to the free throw line 27 times the other night. I mean, I think that's also something that, you know, we've yet to say you got to factor in there. Oh, no, I was going to say, um, I think it, that's a tough one, like just who's the better point getter because Durant's the better, like, pure point getter. Like, he's taking real shots. He's jaying it in your face. You know, he's he's hitting those clutch shots where – like, dude, Harden is getting to the line. He gets to the line more than anyone. He's the only player right now to have more shots at the free throw line than field goals made. So, it, by points-wise, <laughs> so he he knows how to get there. So, he it's hard when, like, you think about that. Like, you're not asking, like, who's the better scorer? Because it's definitely KD. It's, like, point getter. I don't know. I'm Just because of the situations, you, you might have to give it to Harden just because of what he's been doing. I mean, KD could go yeah. for 40. It, like right now, Harden's on a four-game, forty-point run. Katie could do that, but that's taking away from Golden State and what they're like, you know, their system and how they play. When Harden, right. they need him to go for forty points. And like you said, if he has to go to the line twenty-seven times to get half of those points, he's going to go to the line twenty-seven times. I mean, right. Like, like he's going to shoot to like he's going to shoot twenty-seven free throws. Like he's going to do it. He'll figure it out because his team's going to need him to do it. So. That's a tough one. It really is, but you might have to just give the slight edge just to Harden just because he's getting to the line. When KD's not really trying to get fouled, he's just shooting right in your face and you can't block him. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, it really is. And that was, that, that you know, it was the whole, like, I didn't even offer up my opinion because I was like, I don't even fucking know, man. Like, <laughs> that's that's a good question. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, the other thing, too, is um, – I don't feel like, and I, I could be wrong, it's, it's already kind of been a long season, but I don't feel like during the stint that um, Steph was out, I don't feel like um, KD was putting up astronomical numbers. Like, he was putting up solid numbers that were, you know, um, I, I think, you know, they went won like 50% of those games. Um, so, obviously, it's it's not something 
that you know he's necessarily used to doing. Um, so like that that that's just you know whereas Harden has had plenty of seasons where he's done this. Uh, so that you know that would be the other question. You know, obviously he had Russ, and then he went from that to having Steph and Clay and Dre and all that. Um, I so, will say Nick. Yeah, I will say Nick. When it comes to Harden, it reminds me of that season uh, where Kobe, um, uh, where Kobe had to drop like 82 just just to win that game. Um, 81. It, it reminds me of Harden. 81. I'm sorry. Harden usually finds himself in situations to where. It's not like, hey, man, I just want to go out there and put up historical numbers. It's like, if I don't, I, I don't think we'll win this game. Like, I right. have to go out there and score in order for us to win. So I look at it more so to where Durant was with Westbrook. Didn't really have to put up, like, 45 and 10 a night. I mean, you had Westbrook and Ibaka um, back when those three were together. And then when you go to Golden State, you don't usually need to put up 45 points when you have Curry and Clay. Um, so it was one of those things where it's like the balance of it. If Durant needed to, I think he could, but he's been in two situations where he doesn't necessarily need to do that, uh, right. that much scoring, uh, on a regular basis. Right. Although honestly, like the thing that's crazy is the, uh, Thunder would have probably been best suited to, be doing what they're doing now, what, what, four or five years ago, whenever, you know, before Katie left, like, they are getting Paul George the bulk of the shots. Westbrook is, like, just not um, trying to do everything, which he's kind of always done his whole career. Um, There are still um, some segments of NBA Twitter and, and just the NBA world in general um, actually, I shouldn't say some, like a large portion that still kind of blame Russ. And, th- and these aren't OKC fans. These are just, you know, NBA fans salty because KD went to the Warriors. Um, but blame Russ for, you know, um, having too much control over that team um, and not, not giving KD um, the bulk of the shots. Because even though KD had um, averaged the most points regularly on that team, he didn't average the most shots that went to Russ. So, um, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I wouldn't blame Westbrook for Durant wanting to leave. He obviously wanted to, to not be with someone that he had to share, uh, touches. He had to ask for in crunch time, which I get, but I will say one thing that does bother me about Westbrook and Durant said this, of course, on his burner, on his burner account, um, he is a very selfish player in the sense of, when he was averaging that triple-double, if you watch OKC games, like, often, how many times did you see Steven Adams go for a rebound, see Westbrook, and then kind of, like, move to let Westbrook get that rebound? Like, how many times uh, did you yeah, see, Yeah, but like, I've, I've had this argument yeah, before, though. Like, it, it, it was more of a, a system by design. So, you can call them faux rebounds if you want. Like, I've, I've heard that argument. But, like, essentially, the system is set up so that um, – the bigs box out, Russ cuts in, gets the rebound, and then turns up, and he's one of the fastest people in the NBA. So you put the ball in his hand, and he can go ahead and take it on the break. Um, so it's not necessarily, like, again, sure, like, they're not your typical rebounds that most um, players are going to get. They're very, very easy rebounds. Um, but, I mean, still, none, nevertheless, I mean, that's, 
that like that's the design. That's how they, you know, that's how that's how they do that. Um, so I mean, I, I'm not going to necessarily count that against um, R- Russell Westbrook. I'm not going to say that makes him a selfish player. Um, you know, no, especially because it that. seems like it's not that. Ahead. But I will say, but I will say, I agree with you. It that system obviously was let Russ get it, and then you know, fast breakdown for a quick bucket or whatever. That's not what I'm referring to. The idea of Adams boxing out and then West jumping in, uh, uh, Russell jumping in to get it. I'm talking about those when it's shot and Adams is looking at it and is about to go for it and then just like moves to kind of let Russ get it. That Those are the ones I'm talking about. And that's, that's not the sense of, of what I'm saying makes Russ, uh, made Russ selfish. There are a lot of games to where you would, you would see Russ go up for a three-pointer when he's like one for nine. And it's like, dude, you've been, you've been horrible shooting threes all night. Like, why don't you maybe see if the guy who shoots threes can maybe pop some? Or how about well, you try to work doing it to where you could get it there? No, recently. I'm talking about yeah. uh, when, Durant was, when Durant was talking yeah. about, um, you know, he wanted I, to leave because he couldn't well, win with Westbrook. That's what I'm referring Let's pull to. it back in. Let's pull it back in because I, I, I want to transition to where the Thunder are this year. Um, so, as of late, uh, Billy Donovan's uh, got his contract option picked up uh, for the 2019-2020 uh, season. Uh, it was the final year of the five-year contract that he signed. Um, I I think he – as I of course y'all remember I said uh he probably needed to be fired at the beginning of the season. Um and I know you remember Luke cuz I vividly remember you being like you can't fire him right now like what are you talking about? And I was like I don't know I think you can like um so I will stand by my Tom Thibodeau one but I will concede on this one because um they they have had a couple struggles uh as of late and we'll kind of get into um Westbrook's kind of more recent struggles over the last like three to four weeks, um, his efficiency woes, his free throw shooting. Um, but as far as just Billy Donovan, um, and I'm going to go to you first on this, Luke. Um, how do you think he's been able to manage this team this year? And, I mean, obviously, again, aside from Westbrook's inefficiency, as far as the way that this team operates now, they really are focusing on on pretty much running the offense through Paul George. Paul George, by the way, finally made a a game-winning shot for the first time in his career this season. Uh, So props on that, PG-13. And he's playing the best basketball of his career. Um, And and they're running the ball, the offense, through him, uh, and which is basically giving – Russ so much more energy uh, to to apply defensively. Um, this, this is this this team could be scary if they honestly they just need a shooter. They need a Terrence Ferguson um, or even a Courtney Lee if he you know if he's shooting forty percent. Uh, you know, somebody who can, you know, knock down buckets. I know they're excited for, you know, Robertson to get back and all that, but, um, you know, he is not a shooter. They need shooting way more than they need a defensive player. Um, But uh, 
what, what are your thoughts on, on Donovan's coaching this year after the slow start that they had to start the season? No, I mean, yeah, like you said, uh, when you're talking about firing him early in the season, I mean, you got to give him a guy a chance. But I think he's finally um, convinced Westbrook to believe in him, and that was what was, was like keeping him from not being a good coach. Billy Donovan is a good coach. I mean, he's the only coach in like the last couple of years to go back to back in the NCAA. Like he knows how to coach and he knows how to like get the best out of people. So. I think he's always kind of had the locker room, but it's kind of hard to run. He doesn't necessarily have systems or, you, like, beforehand you couldn't tell because Westbrook's just doing Westbrook things out there. So having to compete, but he's always been a great defensive coach. He always has a team back there. I mean, they've always been high up in the defensive range. So that's what, like, you really don't notice in Billy Donovan's coaching because, you know, the offensive side is what – people see more in, like, a good coach when you kind of look past, the, like, his defensive, like, how he gets them all set up and all that and the best defensively. But they finally are doing the right thing. I think Westbrook understands to make the whole system through Paul George now and is accepting because he's having a terrible year. And I just think he's come to terms with it. Like, yeah, I am having a terrible year. And maybe it could be the best for, like, the team and me to listen to this so actually, you know, take Billy Donovan's coaching and accept it. So, I mean, I like it. Uh, you know, Thunder, they're a good team. They're a good defensive team. And just right now, Donovan's got them playing really well just all around. And I think, you know, he just – if you're going to make – like, it's funny to say, like, he's finally, uh, like, getting to be a really good coach. Now they have, like, Russell Westbrook kind of, like, trained into a system. Like, that's, like, a hard player to <clears throat> to get, like – to this, and he's finally, you know, he's tamed him, I think. But, you know, Westbrook could go off leech anytime now. But for right now, he's got Russell Westbrook pretty coached up. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, um, these guys really like Billy Donovan. I mean, that's that's something that's kind of invaluable um, if your two-star players really like your coach. Like, how often does that happen just in general? Like, um, your two star players really like your coach and you, they really like each other. Um, so like that is, um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you, you, if you have that, like you're, you're already there. Um, and then the, yeah, like the, the fact that he's just been able to kind of, um, uh, coach Westbrook this season, um, as much as one can, uh, and, and, you know, put the team in the right position to win, uh, you know, making that be the first priority. And the thing is, Russell Westbrook is not having a bad season. He is having a season in which his uh, efficiency has been bad and his points are the lowest they've been since the second year of his career. Um, But – his points being lower is fine. Like that, like that in and of itself is not a problem. The biggest problem is he's shooting 24% from three. Whereas even last season, he was shooting right around 30% season before that he was shooting 34%. He needs to be respectable from three point range. And the thing is he gets certain threes. And when he takes them, I'm like, Oh, he's going to hit that. Those little, um, not a like uh not corner threes but um the the elbow or the wing threes 
Um, he can get that on either side, and if he gets it in the right little spot, like he'll drain those. Um, but you know, he needs to uh, he needs to limit the amount of attempts. Um, he's currently attempting 4.8 a game. That probably should be down closer to like 3.5 a game, um, and let Paul George shoot more of those, and instead focus his energy on driving to the bucket. Um, it's kind of essentially like the same, and this is a lot easier to do with a rookie point guard than uh, a Russell Westbrook, a veteran uh, who's you know an MVP and multi-time All Star. Um, but uh, one of the recent successes for Trey Young uh, has been limiting his amount of three-point attempts um, and focusing more on driving into the lane and dishing and and focusing on that aspect of his game, um, which is kind of how I think Russell Westbrook should be approaching things. Um, And he's got to do better at at the free throw line, 62%. um, That's like ungodly bad. Um, I mean, you're talking about a guy who had uh, two seasons ago shot 84.5% from the free throw line. Like to to be at 62%, like that is just – uh, that that's really bad. So those are like the two things he needs to kind of get figured out. Um, and I think this team will be fine um, as far as, you know, meeting expectations, um, which, you know, I guess would be what uh, Western Conference Finals, like that would be kind of considered successful for this team. Um, and, you know, and if they get that shooter, man, if they get that shooter, um, that that could be – kind of the thing that kind of pushes them over the top to maybe challenge the Warriors Um, because they have really good pieces. I mean, Jerry and Grant has been terrific for them this year. Steven Adams is always good. Um, And, you know, if they they could add a Terrence Ferguson – or I'm sorry, flip a Terrence Ferguson for, you know, uh, uh, a shooter uh, like uh, Terrence Ross – then you know they. I think they might be cooking. Uh, but uh, Juwan, what do you make of the Thunder picking up uh, Billy Donovan's option for the 2019-20 season? Um, and and kind of what are, what is your take on Westbrook's efficiency struggles this season, and and how maybe the the best way for OKC to approach fixing that, or maybe just um, Russ in general fixing that. Well, first of all, I will say I was wrong about Billy Donovan. Um, I thought he was just uh, inequipped to to handle this team. I thought he was just the – I didn't think he was the the guy for the job. Um, He looked to have went back, figured out what works for that team, who works for that team. Um, I will say Schroeder looks like he's a nice piece uh, to that team. Um. And, yeah, I mean, it should it be run through Paul George? Uh, it's working now. My issue with Paul George is very similar to my issue with Harden. Usually looks good in the regular season. Usually never shows up in the uh, in the playoffs. So, it'll well, be interesting. Well, hey, uh, not, not just that, because that ain't the big issue that I've heard you talk about with uh, Paul George. The big issue you've always said with Paul George is he's not an alpha. Right, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I, I definitely give you that, um, and, and thank you, because I, I still feel as though uh, Paul George isn't an alpha. To me, 
to be an alpha, it can't just be, and I know you told me this numerous times, that the, the MVP award is taken over the regular season, not the postseason. But what bothers right. me is you're grading someone. Like the ultimate goal of the NBA every year is to win a championship, and you're rewarding someone who has not gone. And to me, it's like, I get it. I, I do. I, I'm not being this crazy fanatic. I do understand you have to grade it off of just a regular season. I do get that. But to me, it's like, it's, I don't know. I feel as though if you would open it up more, it would push guys. Like Paul George to me just seems, I don't want to say uninterested. It's just like something turns off come, come playoffs. It just, it, it shuts off. And he's not that, that dominant guy that you might have seen in the flashes of the regular season. Uh, but as far as being an alpha, seeing it in stretches, there's absolutely nothing for me. I need to see him do it from when he started to the end of the season. Um, and, of course, I'm not going to be that stickler that's like, oh, man, he went for a stretch to where he wasn't shooting well. No. I just need to see you show dominance. That does not have to come from you scoring 30 a game. That could come from you playing great defense. That could come from you getting assists, uh, key rebounds, helping that team win as an alpha does not have to always come from scoring points. That's why it drives me insane when, when Skip Bayless is saying, if you're LeBron and you're the GOAT, you have to take that last shot. Like, why? Why can't I pass it to the open guy? Like, that, that doesn't make sense. So, to me, Paul George has to affect the game in all facets or at least in some facets to prove to me that he is an alpha over a long stretch of, of, of games. Um, but, I mean, this team is, is one of those teams that, excuse me, I feel as though – the, the Thunder could be just like how the, the Seahawks are in the NFL to where it's like the team at the beginning of the season you're laughing at and you're like, man, this team is pathetic. Like it's lost everybody. It looks like it's just Russell Wilson or Bust. And then, boom, they catch steam. I feel like this Thunder team could catch a, one of those top teams, um, you know, maybe not Golden State or, or, um, or, um, or the Lakers or anyone. I'd say maybe even the Lakers. I think that they could catch one of those – Utah teams or someone like that slipping um, because they do have talent. And you have Russell Westbrook, you do have Paul George, um, but they're one of those teams that I think could could surprise you. Um, and I'm really proud of Billy Donovan getting this team to play, uh, play good, and getting Russell to buy into. It's not you or bust. Like, Paul George is here for a reason. Like, use him. Allow him to do something. Um, so that that's going to be key, but as Westbrook starts to pick it up a little bit more, I think Russell Westbrook to me has always been a rhythm guy. So when he's out of rhythm, there isn't like it's like what, what Clay said, like who's gonna who's gonna teach me how to get out of this slump? It's one of those things I, I just got to get out of it. So I think Russell Westbrook will start to work his way back, look uh, looks back to Russell dominant form, uh, and this team will get get the ball rolling and, and really look dominant. But as far as Paul George and how I feel about him so far, good, keep it up, make a season up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say right now he's he's arguably in the MVP conversation. I mean, he's been playing that well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, and I think uh, another thing, too, is, is I think probably Russ's slump has a lot to do with adjusting. Um, you know, he, he's been so used to, um, you know, uh, essentially – being able to uh, shoot himself out of slumps and different things like that. And like, maybe, you know, he's, he doesn't necessarily have that opportunity uh, as much as he has had in the past. 
um, because he is trying to give, uh, you know, more of the offensive uh, responsibility to Paul George. Um, so, I mean, I, I think, you know, he's got to find whatever balance that he can find in that regard. Um, Luke, anything else you want to add before we move on, man? Yeah, I want to add quick, two quick things. Uh, you kind of brought sure. them up to my attention when you're talking about Okay, now, um, Westbrook is having a terrible season. Like, I understand, like you're saying, the point he's scoring lower. But, no, he's, like, really shooting bad. So, right now, out of the four, like, 75 players have taken 400 field goals. He's yeah. ranked 70, 70th. 70th. Out of 75. You know who's only doing kind of worse than him? One of those players? Trey Young. Someone that you really yeah. said, I just want to just – kind of run that past you. So, no, he, he – I, I mean, he'll get out of this slump, and I think it, he is doing the better of the good. And then um, the uh, – I got a kind of little trade. I kind of just did this one quick, but it, it did work out. So, what if I went to Miami Heat and tried to go get Wayne Ellington? I mean, Wayne Ellington's a good shooter. I mean, last year he was yeah. shooting that three ball. I mean, right now he's kind of lost in the Miami Heat debacle and all that. And then Justice Winslow, they're both on one-year deal and all that. You could maybe do so. Uh, you could do Ferguson, Diallo – and Abrinas, and then throw in some picks if you wanted to, like, really convince Miami. I mean, right there, I mean, it would work. I mean, they'd be really good, and there's your shooter with Ellington. And uh, Winslow, I don't know if they'd trade him right now just because he's been running that point guard for them, but, I mean, he he do pretty good for them as well. I mean, definitely defensively he would fit Donovan's thing, so I could see, you know, but even just going after Ellington by himself would be a smart idea by them. Yeah, like just a Brinus in a, you know a second or maybe two seconds since they're not going to be very valuable. Um, that could probably fetch you Ellington or maybe I don't know. It, it, it Miami's such a hard team because um, by all like traditional uh, accounts they should you know uh, be at least trying to collect assets if it's not costing them uh, too much to do so. Um, and honestly, in the grand scheme of things, like Ellington, um, yes, he's a really good shooter, but he's not like I don't know. Um, like I, I, I would think that they would be more eager to try and get uh, assets than they actually are. I guess is the point that I'm trying to make. Um, but, uh, but um, just a, a small correction. And I know um, uh, I, I've messed up too this season. Because NBA Trade Machine doesn't fucking ESPN doesn't keep their uh, shit updated. Um, I, I totally fucked up. Miles Turner signed this contract extension at the beginning of the season, and I've been like thinking all year that he's, um, you know, on a one-year deal, he's going to be a restricted free agent next season. Now he's already signed up for like four more years, um, but they don't have that on there. Uh, but Winslow did the same thing. He's like on a um, I think $13 million a year uh, extension starting next year for three seasons. Um, so he's not expiring. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, regardless, I mean, that would be a really good pickup if they could get both of those guys. I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I don't think that uh, – I don't necessarily think that they would want um, to give him up um, just because, like you said, now he's playing point guard and he's kind of got this newfound role – um, on that team, like maybe that is going to be the best way to utilize him. Obviously, Dragic doesn't have, um, you know, too much longer of an NBA career ahead of him. Um, so if that if that is sustainable, um, maybe that's the route they go. Uh, and and you know, kind of 
kind of you know play with you know uh, a what six foot eight point guard, um, you know someone who can kind of go toe to toe with you know your Ben Simmons and things like that. Even though that didn't really work out in the playoffs, but um, nobody was going against. Uh, nobody on Miami was going uh, toe-to-toe with Ben Simmons. It wasn't until he had to play Boston, had to play a real defense, uh, and then kind of kind of struggled. Um, but uh, but nevertheless, um, I like it. I like the trade. I mean, I, I at, at the very least, like, yeah, go get Ellington. Um, go get somebody who can, get like, hit open shots, like, at, you know, higher than a 50% clip um, and, you know, is shooting at minimum 40% from the line in general. Um, like that's going to help you out so much more than Andre Robertson. Robertson's not like, I, I know he's a great defender and like last year when they lost him, they were doing so well and their defense was so good. And then they lost him and their defense went to shit and all that. Well, your defense is already really good this year. Like it doesn't, your defense is not where you need to get better. You need to get a shooter. Um, cause that's, you know, that's where they're struggling. So hopefully Sam Presti's got another, um, ace up his sleeve before the trade deadline, and we can see something like that happen. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, I need to take a minute to talk about uh, one of our sponsors, Action Heat. The blistering brigade of winter is here with this new year. Um, you need to be prepared. So you could, you know, have already dug out these like, bulky winter clothes that don't quite do the trick. Well, we have a better solution from our sponsor, Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat, similar to a heated car seat. This clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and undergarments. I personally love these products. Um, You know, they're just a lifesaver for somebody who works in a warehouse. Like, uh, in the wintertime, it is just so nice to be able to, you know, not worry about what temperature the warehouse is because it doesn't matter because I, myself, am the temperature that I want to be. Action Heat is available in men's and women's attire, offers great new styles, and is very reasonably priced starting at just $39.99. Plus, if you go to actionheat.com, you can enter our code GEEK at checkout and get 20% off your order. So that's actionheat.com backslash geek geek at checkout that's g-e-e-k at checkout to get 20 percent off your order you can't control the weather but you can control your environment with action heat all right fellas let's get back to it um let's move on to the los angeles lakers uh lebron james um he's been out um so we're going to talk a little bit about the lakers um you know and Kind of what, kind of what they look for while LeBron James is out. What are they trying to, you know, gather, showcase, you know, what have you, um, with this team? But before we get there, uh, LeBron James had an interesting uh, comment about being the goat recently. Um, when in an interview, uh, you know, he he was asked what uh, essentially what the um, beating the 73-win Warriors team meant to him, and you know he he essentially said that right there makes him the greatest of all time. Um, Jawan, you're the one who uh, I probably, at least to my knowledge, saw this story first, um, shared it with us. 
and I just I didn't even respond because I just wanted to, to save it uh, for for this. Um, but I just kind of chuckled. Uh, but what are your thoughts on you know him him proclaiming himself the goat because of you know him leading his team to a uh, victory against the seventy three win Warriors team. Oh boy. Um <clears throat> I will say it was very impressive uh them coming back, albeit in um you know, in, in a little bit of controversy with the whole Draymond thing. Uh but well, I'm not and one of those people that, hurt, but... Right, and Bogut. But I'm not one of those people that will say they won because Draymond was out. Because if you think about nope. it, Draymond missed one game in a seven game series. So it's right. not like you know what I'm saying? I, I just I don't want to be that guy that makes that excuse. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I will. I right. Will and say, if you and and if you are gonna be that guy who makes that excuse, like the that excuse can still be made for the season before. Like, well, LeBron James, you know, took you to six games with Matthew Dellavedova um, as his second best player. Like, if they had had Kyrie Irving and they had had Kevin Love, they would have beat you know. So that's. It's a it's a worthless argument, especially in this case. But I'm sorry. Go ahead and continue. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I mean, and let's not forget that the Warriors on their route to that finals had played like I think majority of those big Western teams um, had their key players injured. So it was like, all right, well, come on now. If we're gonna go there, let's go there. But anyway, back to LeBron. Yeah. Um, he's, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with LeBron, but I just feel like he, he always feels the need to defend his legacy. Uh, you don't have to defend your legacy. The thing is, if you're three out of six finals, let's not forget Charles Barkley is a Hall of Famer, never won one. So it's like you don't have to defend your legacy. You will go down as one of the greatest players to ever dribble a ball. If some people don't think you're better than Michael, so be it. I think at the end of the day, he might have numbers comparable. Um, as far as points, rebounds, stuff like that, uh, to Michael Jordan, if not pass him. Um, oh, but don't it's pass one of those, those, on all of those. So, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. So, at the end of the day, I'm one of those guys who thinks rings don't mean everything, mainly because I tell people, everyone always goes, no, 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 Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback of all time. Really? Because, like, Brady has more rings, but he went four for four. Oh, so that's all it takes. You just have to go undefeated for however many rings, but someone can have more than you but they can't be better. So I am not one of those guys. I personally think LeBron is an overall better player than Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was a way better scorer, way better competitor, I think, to some degree than LeBron. But overall, like if you were creating a basketball player, you would want to create LeBron because he's the quintessential team guy. He passes, he rebounds. Um, he scores you was point. You would essentially want LeBron James with Michael Jordan's brain. <laughs> right, exactly. Like if you could get if you could make LeBron's body in in like his you know, intangibles of passing and rebound, but give him that mentality of Jordan, he'd be yeah. he'd be the greatest thing to ever play. Um yeah. but to me I feel as though if you always have to defend your legacy, that means in the back of your mind it comes off as looking though, a little weak. Exactly. It comes and off, off me, a little like KD though, always having to defend himself going to Golden State. Right. And in that sense, I told you, I think that always bothers him. So it's like when someone says it, he gets really angry because it's like, you know, 
I did this for me. Well, cool. Stop defending yourself. If you did it for you, don't don't defend it. <laughs> like you went there to win rings and you've won rings since you've been there. There is no need to defend that. So to me, if you're LeBron and you think you're the greatest, it is not your job to tell us. It's our job to tell you. Uh, Michael Jordan had an interview years ago stating on why he would never say he was the greatest of all time. Um, and, you know, it was, I'm paraphrasing here. It was just along the sense of my work, sh- you know, my work speaks for itself. Like, I, I don't have to tell you about my, my career. You see it. So it's one of those things where it's like, in the way LeBron said, like, yeah, yeah, that was when I knew I was the great. What? <laughs> like, all right, man, you got to relax. You got to relax. Uh, <laughs> just focus on winning a ring here in L.A. while you're here for the next four years and leave all that goat talk for the people that it's meant to be to be had. Like, it's barbershop talk, meaning players don't usually have that conversation. We do. Like, that's conversation for us. So if, if I was LeBron, I would say less, do more. Come back healthy, lead this Lakers team to a, a, a second seed in the Western Conference that no one thought that they could do and go on to possibly win a championship. That's what your focus should be on. Stop trying to get us to believe in your hype. Like, we get it. You're great. Let us say it from now on. So, like, basically what you're saying is shut up and dribble? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. No, I'm definitely not saying that. Um, but in a sense, yes, I am. Like, let let us talk for you. You oh, just worry you're, about you're playing basketball. You're saying talk all the politics you want, but leave the legacy talk, like, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. Talk, talk policy, talk politics, all that. But as far as legacy, legacy is what you leave behind. So it's the, it's the sense of it's, it's tangible. Like, we could go back, watch old games, look at numbers, stuff like that. We don't need you to tell us. It would be different if we were back in the Stone Ages where we didn't have anything. So it was like, oh, you have to tell people. How else would they know if they weren't there? Right. We can see yeah. it. So, like, shut up. <laughs> Let us say you're great. <laughs> um, I love it, dude. I love it. Coming in with the hot takes. It's great. Um, Luke, what were your thoughts on him uh, and his comment, on LeBron and his comment? Now, I find it very surprising that he did it. I mean, usually LeBron's smarter than this, you'd feel like. And, like, why would you go into a topic like this? Like, Duane was saying, like, you could avoid it so many ways and be like, if they're asking you about the 73, uh, like, beating that Golden State team, be like, you know, it could be one of the championships. I mean, the most, I came back 3-1. to one. I'm going to hold it dearly to my heart, you know. But you don't going to say, oh, that's what made me the GOAT right there. I mean, it's – in due time, he could be. Um, right now, I don't know. I mean, he's still got, a, you know, way more. I mean, I want to see LeBron for at least five more years, so he's going to do a lot. Uh He's definitely passing Jordan. I think he's like 300 points away from passing Jordan in the points. So yeah. I'll definitely yeah. get that. But there, there's still a lot that he's got to do. I mean, it's funny, though. Like, it's it's hard to, like, just choose any players because there's there's other players, too, out there, like Kareem. I mean, yeah. I don't think he'll ever – he's definitely not passing Kareem in points. And Kareem won a bunch of championships as well. I don't know uh, if he won't yeah. pass Kareem in points. Depends how long he plays and how many injuries he avoids in his, you know, uh, later stages of his career. But it'll be a challenge. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a given, that's for sure. Oh, no, yeah, it's not a given. But, like, but like, like you guys are saying, I mean, he should he should have just kept away from the go talk. I don't know why I put that on him. 
it's kind of funny. Now it's like putting more of a target on his legacy, especially with the Lakers. I mean, you just claim that you're the GOAT. I mean, you better be winning me a championship if I'm a Lakers fan. I mean, we didn't just do all this. <laughs> yeah, that, so that's true. You, you, don't, you don't get a, a freaking – a ring with us, every Lakers fan's gonna bury you. I mean, they already have Kobe there. That uh, the, all the Kobe haters that aren't accepting LeBron. So he's got a lot to do. I mean, he's there's he's he's really good in, uh, and all that, and he'll definitely you know get his team back there. But he, that team's got some distance. But I think he just needs to get his mind back to basketball in this season. Right now he's hurt. Um, so I don't know why. Uh, they kind of probably just caught him off guard and, you know, all that, like getting him to speak, all that. But he needs to really just refocusing on getting back to this team, making sure they make the playoffs in a very hard Western Conference team. So I find it foolish of him to uh, get into the whole GOAT talk and all that. But, hey, you know, if he believes it, then believe it and just keep on playing the way you are. And you probably will be the greatest of all time. Well, it's funny because, like, I'm pretty sure I have you on record, Luke, as saying that you think, like, that he is the GOAT. Like, as much as you hate to admit that because you're a Celtics fan and all that. Um, and, Jawan, I, I, I'm pretty sure that you probably think that. Um, I don't want to put words in y'all's mouth. Um, but, well, Luke, Luke, you and I have had the conversation. Um, yeah, but, I have had the conversation, so it's true. Yeah. But like I'm, I'm the one who's like, no, nah, dude, Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. Um, and we, you know, we could go into all the various reasons. So that's not, not really what this is about. Um, but I actually love it. I love that he said this. Um, and there's a few reasons why. Um, like one, I like the fact that LeBron James isn't afraid to say like what he thinks. And you kind of, you know, kind of ended with that, Luke. Um, I love that about LeBron James. Like, that is one of the cool things, like, really cool things, whereas, like, Michael Jordan is so much more calculated and measured with, you know, how he would speak on on anything, Um, especially, like, the conversation of greatest of all time. You know when when Michael Jordan was asked that question, and I'm not sure when it was in his career, but I think it was after he was done uh, playing in Chicago, Um, because I think I know what interview you're talking about, Juwan. But you know that in his head, he thought, yeah, I'm the greatest of all time, but I'm, you know, I'm just going to say, like, you know, well, you know, I, it, you know, I've got a legacy. It speaks for itself. And, you know, he's, I've heard him say before he didn't think it's, like, really possible to compl- compare players from different eras, yada, yada, yada. You know Jordan, you know, thinks I am the greatest to ever play this game. Um but, you know, he's just never said it. And you know LeBron thinks the same thing. And even though I don't agree with him, I think Michael Jordan is the greatest uh, basketball player to ever play in the NBA. Um, but I love the, the confidence and sort of swagger that he has and, like, the goal, I guess. Um, so, like, just say it. Like, if he thinks it, like, fuck it, dude, just say it. Um, so I actually like it. I, like, I actually think, um, like, I don't, I, again, I don't, I don't agree with it, but I don't have to agree with it to appreciate it, um, you know. And and you know that's the kind of confidence that you need, and the fact that he that winning that that championship uh, gave him that confidence because he didn't have that before. I don't think I don't think if he doesn't win a championship in Cleveland, he probably doesn't look at himself as the goat. 
Um, it probably, like, was that championship that made him think, all right, like, now I'm the greatest player to ever play this game. Like, yeah, I may not have as many rings yet or, or may not have as many rings as Michael, but as you said, Juwan, like, that's not – like, you've got to win a championship, but you don't have to win you, – you don't have to win as much as Michael. Like, that's the, – the whole – six rings versus three or six and O oh versus, you know, three and uh, six and all that. They got, that's, I mean, people can say that as much as they want. That's just a part of the puzzle. It's not the whole puzzle by any means. And, you know, like, um, I, I'm, and, and I think it's cool. I think it's cool that that moment in time made him look at himself in that light and have the confidence and 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 have the confidence to feel that way, um, and two to like not just that, but the confidence to just say it. Like, dude, that's what you think. Fucking say it. And I'm like, I'm glad he said it. I was like, damn, I can't believe he fucking said that. But like, part of me kind of can though because LeBron just he is a little more outspoken, um, uh, a lot more outspoken in fact than than Michael ever was. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's, it, it'll be one for the ages. Um, and I do, I do think Kareem, uh, gets lost in the shuffle of that argument. I think those are the three players that I think you could make a real argument for. Um, Wilt Chamberlain obviously has the stats, um, but couldn't like really, like if you talk to any of those old, old players, like, yeah, Wilt Chamberlain was a beast, but they were all afraid of Bill Russell. Um, and Bill Russell does, has the championships and the and the um, revere of all of the players at, at that time, um, but you know he didn't have the stats, you know. So um, you know, obviously Kareem, Michael, LeBron, they all have the stats. Um, they all have great pedigrees to boot, um, and all were universally considered, um, you know, in their primes to be the greatest player in the. Um, in the league, so I mean, I, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I, I like I said, don't agree with it, but I like it. Um, I will say, anybody got? Yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, I will say, I, I personally can't give him greatest of all time. I know this is gonna sound like hypocritical based on everything I just said. Um, that one final. Uh, final series against the Mavericks. I will never be able to get over that. Um, and it wasn't like it was a, a, a rookie LeBron. Like, that That one against – the first one against the Spurs, I don't count against them, like, whatsoever. They had no business being there because um, it was LeBron or bust. I do not hold that against them. The Dallas one I do, the San Antonio one I do, um, and the Golden State Warriors ones, I'm kind of, like, iffy on because it's, like, they went and got KD for, like, two of those. So it was just like, I, I don't really know if I could put that on LeBron. Like, his numbers were great. It's just he had nobody else. So that I'm, I'm not really sure about either. But that Dallas series and that San Antonio series right before he went back to Cleveland, I do hold against them. Um, and I just can't get past those. Um, but yeah, like, if the, you're the, asking, Dallas, one, ahead, the Dallas one in particular because he played poorly in that series. Like, right. he was the reason that – that are probably the biggest reason Miami um, was not able to beat Dallas in that series was because he didn't step up and play um, as well as he should have in that series. Um, whereas, you know, 
Bosch was doing his thing, and and Wade was, you know, so um, what he could I think he was doing his thing. Right, exactly, and and the the guy who wasn't pulling his weight was LeBron. Now, granted, LeBron's got to pull more weight than anybody else, um, but he he just wasn't uh, in that series. And of course, um, well, it, LeBron's got to. LeBron's got to pull the most weight on his team. I mean, Dirk Nowitzki had to pull the most weight of anyone in the series and was able to do it. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably for me too, like the biggest stain on his legacy, but you know, if he wins, if he wins two, like two in Los Angeles, like is, I think it open. I don't think the conversation is closed yet. Um, just for me I tell personally. You what, uh, I tell you what, cause I'm not far from you. I tell you what, and this specifically is he beats Golden State to get to the finals and then wins it. If he wins one by doing it that way, I think I could completely forget about that Dallas team. I could completely forget about it. I feel it. like only I feel like Katie's got to stay though, because they're no, no, not I'm doing that this year. year. Oh, okay. I'm saying I, if see, they could do it this year, I don't think they yeah, have they the team do it to this do year. it this year. I agree. I'm just I mean, saying the level it, it of depend, difficulty. It depends on it depends on Boogie Cousins, man, because that's just the wild card that none of us like. If if they did I have agree. Boogie Cousins, I would give. I would say yeah, it's possible because the Warriors haven't looked good this year. Draymond Green's been in this crazy weird funk, and Clay Clay can't hit shots, and you know. So yeah, I mean, I I would say, and you know, Steph's he's he's, he's kind of always seems to be banged up come playoff time, but he he um. Has, you know, always has ups and downs in the playoffs, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it. but with Boogie coming back, that's that, – man. And, and did you see – did you see that dunk that he had on KD in that – in that nasty, uh, footage? Oh, dude, that was, was so nasty. So, like, I don't know. That That's, that's going to be – that's going to be probably the, the, the big factor that ends up just making it impossible for anybody to beat the Warriors this year. Um, but I'm sorry, you, you had another point you wanted to make. No, no, no. I, I, I don't want to take up too much time. I was just saying that, to to me, he, he he's not my greatest of all time, but it's not by, like, a huge margin like a lot of people have it. It's close. But those two final series uh, of LeBron, where he just didn't really show up to me personally. Uh, maybe the numbers were there for that Spurs series, but he just didn't show up for me. Yeah, he was um, that in the he Dallas was there series. for that Spurs series. Wade and Bosch, not as much. Not so much, right? But there were points in that series where I was just like, LeBron, like, really kind of like take this game, and it just I like I said, this is me personally. I the numbers are probably great, but I just watching him, something was missing to me. Um, but like I said, I agree with you. They probably can't do it this year against Golden State. But I'm saying, if he could, that that little bit of space between him and Jordan that I have would would become very, very, very close. And then if he wins another one, I would then put him over Jordan. So that's what I'm saying. If he could get one this year with the high degree of difficulty by getting past Golden State and then somehow win another one next year, I, I'd, I'd have him as my GOAT. I'd have him as my GOAT. Yeah, I mean, it's it's – that's tough, man. I mean, it really is. Like, um, I mean, there will always be people who just don't like LeBron or just love Michael Jordan who aren't going to budge. Um, but like, uh, there's, I, there's, there is a universe that exists where I could see myself being like, if I had to pick one, I hate picking at all. 
because um, I, I actually do kind of agree with what Jordan has said, like comparing players over, um, you know, over generations. Like to me, like there's, there's, you know, the three big generations of like, I guess like post ABA merger, like modern basketball. And it's, you know, Kareem, Michael, and then uh, LeBron. Like those are your three guys. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like it, it you know, if I have to choose now, I'm picking MJ, but that may not be the case depending on, you know, the the legacy that LeBron continues to build because this, you know, this train hadn't reached a station yet. So, um, Luke, anything you want to add uh, before we move on to uh, talking about the Lakers without LeBron? No, I think we hit all the points on uh, LeBron. Word, word. Um, all right, so the Lakers – uh, without, you know, LeBron got uh, a little tweak of an injury. Um, you know, MRI came back negative. Doesn't seem like it's anything big. He's probably going to miss like three weeks, um, maybe a little bit longer. Um, but he's already been out, I think, about a week. Um, what have you guys, what have you thought about the Lakers' play without LeBron? Uh, particularly Brandon Ingrams, um, who seems like, he's kind of freed up to do a lot more without LeBron on the court. Um, and, and what do you think the team should really be um, trying to do right now um, as far as uh, building up the confidence of all these young players, um, but obviously knowing that LeBron is going to come back into the fold, you know, in, in the, you know, not so distant future. Um, kick it to you first on this one, Luke. No, I mean, Brandon Ingram playing good right now is not a good thing because I've always said Brandon Ingram is not a good player around LeBron. Um, what they should be doing is uh, going out and making a trade. I mean, definitely been saying Bradley Beal all year. Um, if they want to keep this up, I mean, LeBron's definitely going to come back to the team. So he's definitely going to, you know, make it so. I think what's really just hurting him, it's not LeBron's injury. It's just a lot of injuries right now to the Lakers, too. I mean, they've lost Rondo for a couple weeks now. They just keep on running all these injuries. So that's kind of what's hurting them. But definitely when LeBron comes back, it's going to change the way everyone's playing. I mean, it's going to be, I mean, getting LeBron back, not a bad thing. But I just, you know, Lakers are in this little, they're kind of getting to the bottom side of the, the Western Conference. And that's not where you want to be in. I do think they need to make a move because you're starting to see the players like Ingram and all that that do flourish and do better when he's not on the floor, and that's just not going to coexist when you just sign a guy to a five-year deal. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. I, I think before, um, especially like in that Warriors game, uh, the game where LeBron got hurt, I, I could kind of start to see Ingram like figuring out like – how, like how to operate with LeBron, um, and maybe that was just because that was everybody got real like really got up for that game, um, and you know so maybe it wasn't necessarily that it was just everybody was firing on all cylinders, um, but I do think it's interesting because I I I don't necessarily I don't think they should go for a trade. Um, I I mean I think I think you gotta wait until the off season to see if you can put together the best package for Anthony Davis. Because um, that that should be the trade that both them and Boston and maybe a couple other teams, um, you know, should be should be kind of 
hanging their hat on, but particularly the Lakers and Celtics. Um, but uh, I do – it is interesting because I do think if if LeBron doesn't, you know, doesn't get hurt, I, I think it would be interesting to see how Ingram – uh, continues to 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 work uh, with LeBron, but I do think it's um, kind of fortuitous that Rondo's hurt too, because this this makes it where when Ball doesn't have the ball in his hands and he's running the offense, they give pretty much give that duty to Ingram, and Ingram's really good at that. He's really good at creating, um, and and he's he's a pretty good passer. Um, he's a pretty good rebounder. Uh, like he's got all of the things that you want. I like, honestly, right now I would be hoping to like really like kind of make Ingram the focus over this next spell. Um, so essentially, you know, when, when the off season does come, if they don't move in before then, um, you know, they can say, Hey, like Pelican, look back at what, you know, Lonzo Ball and Ingram were able to do without Rondo, without LeBron over this like ten game span or whatever it ends up being. Um and and you know, look at look at the numbers they were able to put up, yada yada yada, and now look at the players that you would still have on your roster to, you know, surround uh these two guys with. I think that is kind of where I would be angling. I'm not really fearful of them um of them losing too much ground, uh, or at least I'm not fearful of them falling out of the playoff picture um, because after tonight's game against the Thunder, they have the Knicks, Timberwolves, Mavericks, Pistons, Jazz, Cavs, Bulls, uh, and, you know, then they have, you know, Thunder, Rockets, and Warriors. But LeBron may be back at that point, um, probably will be. We'll see. Um but uh, but that's a lot of cupcake games in a row. Um, well, I shouldn't say cupcake games, but a lot of games, too many mediocre opponents for them to, you know, not to win half of them. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that would that would be kind of you know my thing um, would be kind of showcase, and then when LeBron gets back, try to work it work work the system back to how you were building it before the injury happened. Um, but, I mean, you know, they lost a close one to Sacramento, obviously. Um, One-point game. I think that was the game that uh, uh, Bogdanovich hit that game winner, and that shit was fucking awesome. Um, and then, obviously, they lost to the Clippers, um, which, you know, they were they were in the thick of that game uh, at least early on, and I think even in, like, in the third, maybe even the fourth quarter. Um but, you know, the Clippers ended up pulling away with it. Um, but, uh, you know, they did come back and beat the Kings on Sunday. Um, yeah, and they, I think they've looked pretty good overall um, as far as, you know, for having their best player out. Uh, and, you know, Ingram has been the focus. And I, I think he's kind of hopefully, if you're a Lakers fan, upping his trade value um, so that, you know, you can really make a move. Um uh, at season's end, or you know, maybe even sooner if uh, if if you, I, I guess if you don't think you're going to get Anthony Davis, um, but I, I don't see how you could determine that until the off season. So, um, but anyway, uh, Jawan, I'm gonna kick it to you. Uh, what are your thoughts on on these uh, LeBronless Lakers? Uh, well, 
Even Luke already took the words right out of my mouth. Um, if you're magic, your your main focus is trying to make Ingram look like the next Kevin Durant. Um, and so you could <laughs> use him uh, as a trade asset. Um, it, it, I will say uh, in your scenario, Luke, of uh, Bradley Beal, which I, I do love. I think Bradley Beal could be, um, without the ego, uh, LeBron's Kyrie. Um, just just someone that can be a consistent scorer in that sense. I'm not talking about, like, actually being his Kyrie. Um, I think if I'm the Wizards, it's, it's, I'm not only asking for Ingram. I might want, like, Josh Hart or, or like, an, another promising, like, guy to go with Ingram, mainly because um, Ingram's just – he's struggled so much. Uh, he struggled before LeBron got there. He's struggling with LeBron being here. Um, and this is why I told you guys what's, what's really – kind of like 50-50 with putting a guy of LeBron's stature with a team full of young kids is that usually young kids have a growing period, you know, where they have a great rookie year, then maybe an uh, off um, sophomore year, and then rebound. Like the Lakers, like those young kids aren't given that leeway anymore. It's like you have to be great now. Like LeBron wants to win now. So there is no right. more like, oh, he's just having growing pain. So, like, it's, it's, I could see how it's very stressful for a guy like Ingram, who's like, all right, well, I came into the league with you guys already trying to compare me to KD. Now I have to live up to being great for LeBron. Like, I don't know if I could do that. (laughs) So it's like, it's the same thing a lot of people called Paul George out about. Um, Some people just don't want to play under the shadow of LeBron. Uh, And I think Ingram's one of those guys. I do think he will thrive um, with a team who seems like maybe they should be going through a rebuild in, in the Washington Wizards. That's why I love that trade. Um, it helps LeBron now getting Bradley Beal, and it helps the Wizards in what I think they should be entering a rebuild, uh, a rebuild phase. Like, you got to start dealing away pieces, getting drafted. Um, Let me, real quick, Juwan. Go ahead, I'm sorry. If you're, yeah, go ahead. If you're Brandon Ingram, you would rather play alongside John Wall than LeBron James? No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. If I'm the Wizards, no, 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 no. If I'm the Wizards, okay. I'm trading the everything away. Like, I want to completely gotcha. rebuild. So, like, I'm shopping right. Wall. I'm shopping Beal. I'm shopping Otto. Um, yeah. I'm complete rebuild. So, that, that's what I'm uh, under this. That's why I said if I'm the Wizards, I don't just want Ingram. I also want a Josh Hart, like somebody else that I could pair with him that's promising um, that I could build around those two guys along, of course, with my draft pick. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I love that trade, um, Luke, more so than I love the idea of the Pelicans, even though they're not, like, horrible. Like, a lot of people are like, yeah, 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 trade AD now. And it's like, um, no. no. <laughs> like, no? <laughs> Why would I do that? Like, <laughs> that's stupid. Um, so I, I think Bradley Beal is a great choice. And then I think um, Lakers would do whatever they would need to do to get AD when the time comes, um, which I've, I've heard, like, from 80 different stations this, this morning saying AD to the Lakers is a done deal. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. You guys are, like, you guys are taking huge leaps. Like, you first have to get the Pelicans to deal him or wait till he's a free agent. Um, yeah, but, well, and two, and the other thing, Juwan, we're not even six months removed from every single outlet saying that Paul George to L.A. was a done deal. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, we no, can all no, take those things with a grain of salt. Absolutely. I, I'm completely with you. I'm completely with you in that aspect. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, 
when LeBron gets back, my biggest thing with the Lakers is I think they could go super far if they could um, keep Rondo healthy. And I think what they need to start doing with Rondo is uh, pulling a Popovich, like just playing Rondo less. Just play him as, 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 as less as you possibly can because you need him healthy. We saw the Chicago Bulls when he was on there look from a team that could really make a run to a team that looked like they didn't even belong in the playoffs in a matter of a game, like with Rondo dropping. Uh, Pelicans yeah. to a degree also. So it's one of those things to where it's like you got to keep that guy healthy because come playoffs, he's going to be very crucial. Um, yeah. But, yeah, when LeBron comes back, I think this team will be fine. Uh, as Shannon Sharp said, just stay above 500. That's all you got to do. Stay above 500. LeBron yeah, can take the rest not. of the way. He can take you the yeah. rest of the way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and and, and there, here's the other thing about the Lakers and why they shouldn't make a move right now. We're all talking about, oh, well, they could trade for Anthony Davis. I mean, they could just as easily, like, not trade anybody and go sign Boogie Cousins. Like, if he comes back and he looks fucking terrific, man, like, and is showing no signs of, you know, um, any sort of injury problems or any of that, like, they could just go sign Boogie Cousins. Um, they have the plenty of cap space to do it. And, like, then you didn't have to trade anybody. And, you know, and then at that point, maybe instead of trading away all your pieces to get AD and then having to go out and figure out what your point guard situation is, um, which, by the way, if they do trade for AD, um, Derek Rose to the Lakers, because um, they wouldn't quite have max max dollars. They wouldn't have a max free agent spot. But they would have – uh, they'd have a good chunk of money to play with, and Derrick Rose is playing himself into uh, uh, probably what's going to be a, a pretty nice contract um, coming up next season because uh, that dude is balling out. Like He's easily in the conversation for sixth man of the year and most improved player. Um, he's like shooting 45% from three. Like, talk about reinventing yourself. Um, but, uh, but that's, I mean, that's one route you could go, um, or you, you know, you sign Boogie and just keep everything or you sign Boogie and you trade all his pieces for Damian Lillard, you know, like there's, there's a lot of different routes that they can go. And I don't think trading, I think there's too many routes that make more sense for them long-term than trading away any of these pieces now, um, to, to get, um, that's going to essentially like lock up your cap money uh, for next season, unless that trade is Anthony Davis. Which again, if you're the Pelicans, why would you trade him now? Like it doesn't make any sense for you to trade him when there's really only one team who's on really sh- like strongly on the market for him uh, right now. And of course, we know uh, you know when once Kyrie Irving signs that extension, boom then Celtics are on the market and, you know, that's just going to drive up your offers and, and make it so much better. Um, but Hey Luke, you got anything else to add before we move on, brother? No, I'm good. All right. Uh, let's uh, pause for just a minute to talk about another one of our sponsors, Blue Chew. Guys, do you have trouble getting in the mood or perhaps just with stamina? Then try Blue Chew, the new revolutionary way to reinvigorate your sex life. These chewables, made from the same ingredients as the leading ED pills, will be shipped directly to your door. No doctor appointments, no lines, and most importantly, no more awkwardness. And because they're chewable, 
They work way faster and make it all the more easy to take just what you need. Go to BlueChew.com and enter the promo code GVN to get a free month's trial today. That's BlueChew.com, blue is in the color, to get your free trial today. You just pay for the $5 shipping and handling. You and your partner deserve the best. Let Blue Chew help you get there. All right, guys, let's uh, let's go and talk about uh, our last team of the night, the lowly, lowly Washington Wizards, who have been struggling um, mightily this season. Um, they are currently the sixth worst team in the league, um, which is is, is kind of funny, like. I mean, it, I mean, it kind of, I mean, it just kind of snuck up on you that, oh yeah, like Brooklyn is actually like trying to like win games this year, and so is Orlando, and like pretty much every team out west, short of the you know the Suns, um, and so you know as it happens, the Wizards are are you know not that they've been trying to lose games, they just suck, <laughs> um, and. Uh, now to add insult to injury, um, eh, pun not intended, but I'll take it. Uh, John Wall is going to miss the rest of the season. Uh, he's going to undergo heel surgery, um, which is going to cause him to be out for, I believe it was six to eight months, uh, which means he will be out for the season. And, um, you know, pretty much – you know, more than likely spelling an end to, to you know, there any chance that they had at, at, you know, making any kind of run this year. Um, although, um, you know, when he was out last year was when they were playing some of their best basketball when they just let Sadoransky run the point and got other guys more involved. Um, so who knows? Maybe, maybe they do go on a run and, and make the eighth seed. Uh, but anyway, um, let me kick it over to you first, Luke. What are your thoughts on the John Wall injury, and what do you think? Like, if you're the Wizards GM, um, which, like, you know, like, I'm I'm sure you would be better at it than what's his name, Ernie Brumfeld, I think, something like that. Um, better than that, like Fossil. Um, but uh, if you're that dude, um, like, what, like, what are you? What are you making your new goal for the season? Are you still are you still trying to compete? Um, are you are you trying to tank at this point and rebuild? Like what what's your angle? Are you, who are you keeping? Who are you trading? No, I mean it's it's just sad timing is everything, and it's just it's just for the Washington Wizards just losing a player like Wall, especially him going into his super max at the end of the season when everything starts really kicking in. It just really hurts him. He's going to miss the rest of the season. But you, if I'm Ernie Grumfeld, first off, I've been loving that I've been lasting for more than 12 years as the Wizards, you know, GM. But I have to make the playoffs. I mean, like I just said, I'm, he's been there for 12 years. If you don't make the playoffs, you're gone. I mean, even if you blow up this team, you're gone. I don't want to see you on my new look team. Like, thanks for helping it out and getting the players there, but – you're definitely going to be replaced. I mean, you didn't do it the first time and all that. So I'm going to have to try to do my best to, to make it. But in the end, um, you got to clear shop. You can't trade Walls, so he's your only untradeable person. But you could definitely build around a team for Wall in the future. I mean, Wall is still a very young player. So it's not like he's just, like, going into his 30s 
and he just broke his heel and all this. I mean, he's still, I want to say, less than 25 years old. So that's your plus side of that. So no, you're, you're well, 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 I, think, I think Wall's 27 or 28. Beal's 25. So, but he's not 30. Oh. Like, you know, he's he's still, he's probably going to be playing out. Like, I think, I think that extension was only four years. No, it was five, I think. No, no, no. It was four years. Um, but he signed it last year, so there was five more years, but the first year being the end of this this night. So he's got four years signed for that Supermax deal um, as part of his extension. He'll still be in his prime throughout that whole extension. Yeah, so you have to commit to the, the whole extension, but, I, I mean, you got to blow it up. I mean, you can do what you did last year when Wall went out and go on that nice run, but – no matter what, I mean, you you got Wall back and you needed him towards the end of it. I mean, so I don't think the team is going to sustain it. I bet they're kicking themselves for trading Austin Rivers now, who uh, would be, yeah, you know, a very right. vital backup. So, and you know, that, that's him kind of Ubre for that matter, because, like, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it, talk about, talk about, like, your, your shit timing. Like, yeah, I mean, I, like, I get why they made the deal. Um, because they wanted to make the playoffs and they felt like Ariza was going to help them do that more and they didn't feel like they had the money to keep Ubre anyway and all of that I totally get it. Um but yeah, right now you would def- you're definitely like I I agree with you. I mean, you're definitely looking to like tear it down as much as possible um and and build around John Wall because that is like you said kind of the the untradeable contract um at at its you know, current value and the fact that, you know, he's having season ending, uh, you know, surgery. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that trade really hurts in hindsight because Rivers would be, I mean, at, at the very least super helpful um, backing up uh, Tomas Sadaransky. Um, but anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead and um, finish up your thoughts. Yeah, no, I was going to say, you just, you have to get everything. You're not going to get the world, but if you can get, like a serviceable player out of auto order, a young one, and maybe like a late first rounder, and then get something, get the most out of Ooh. deal. And 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 Trevor Reza might be able to fetch you something. You're not looking so bad, and I think they own their pick this year without any contingencies yeah. on it. There's there's no like bearing this or this is going somewhere else. So now right. they complete, like completely go to the tanking. And I mean, like you said, I mean. Right now, the only bad team in the West is uh, the Sun. And then the East, if you start taking now, you could definitely catch the bottom of the East team. So you could be in the top three to go get, like, a Zion Williams if you want to do that. Or maybe an R.J. Barrett. So that uh, that would be my thinking. But, like I said, I mean, if you're the GM, you're not wanting to do that. Because no matter what, if you do that and you help them out, in the long run, they're replacing you and probably cleaning shop and starting completely new with a whole new coach and everything, just like the Hawks did. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they keep Brooks, but I mean, I I definitely think the, but I mean, God, he's been there forever. I mean, uh, there I, I would have thought he would have been fired already, um, like during the first rebuild, um, but they stuck with him through that, and it it did prove somewhat profitable. Um, as far as I like my first move, I'm definitely trying to get off Otto Porter's contract. Um, so if I can, 
if I can work out a deal, you know, I proposed the deal in the, the article that I wrote the other day that um, you can find on our website, gvnation.com, uh, under the sports tab, and then uh, basketball, uh, I think NBA specifically. Um, you know, I mean, I said, you know, essentially send send Porter to Sacramento where, you know, he's essentially a team that has uh, a lot of – still has cap space, and Sacramento being the only one. Um, take back expiring uh, in this deal. It was Shumpert and uh, Ben McLemore. And then if you can maybe try and get uh, New York to cough up a second for getting off of Courtney Lee's contract in exchange for Zach Randolph's expiring, like – Get two second rounders and expiring contracts, and number one, get the fuck out of the luxury tax. You're still—they've done a good job at trimming that luxury tax number this year, both with the Trevor Ariza trade and and before that with the uh, the by getting in on that three-team trade and getting Sam Decker and sending Jason Smith to Milwaukee. Um, but they're still, oh, I think, over six million dollars in the luxury tax. Uh, like six and a half million dollars. Like you cannot be six and a half million dollars into the luxury tax and be the sixth worst team in in the league. Like you cannot do that. So if I'm the GM and thinking of how I'm going to save my job, it's get up my team out of the luxury tax so the owner is not paying <laughs> for a luxury tax team when we're not only not even making the playoffs, but we ain't even close. Um, so I mean that to me is, is huge. I, I want to limit Beal's minutes. He's logging a, a, a pretty hefty amount of minutes right now. I last last check, I think it was like 37 minutes a game. Um, like you need to get that number down to about 30. Um, and play um, um, shit. His name just escaped me. Troy Brown. Play Troy Brown. You drafted him. He's a young player. He's got a lot of promise. Um, you know he's. Um, got the size to play the three. Um, he's just kind of converted from a point guard um, when from when he was in high school uh, over to more of a wing player. Um, so maybe you could even get him to play some backup point guard since he has that experience. Um, but, yeah, get that kid minutes. That kid needs to be playing 30 minutes a game um, now that John Wall is not there and you're not in, in a position to compete anymore. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, um, like, so whatever you can get for a reason, um, as long as you're taking back and expiring. Um, I, I mean, I, fuck, I, I bet you the Nets would give up something for him. Um, like, say you get a Reza and send back, like, Jared Dudley um, and maybe somebody else to make the money work. I'm, I'm not sure who else. I don't have their payroll in front of me, but I think Jared Dudley's like $9.3 million, so just shy of what you would need to make the deal work. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, that that would make sense if you get a second or two. Um, and, you know, the Nets are, are trying to make the playoffs. Trevor Reza would be great for them um, as far as, you know, just the team trying to compete. Um, but there's going to be plenty of teams interested in Ariza. Um, I kind of – I mean, obviously, the, the Sixers, um, you know, with – you know, stand to benefit from getting a reason. Though I don't know if I don't know if they'd be willing to give up Wilson Chandler and additional picks just because Chandler's younger than Ariza, um, and already kind of seems like he's fitting in well on that team. He's shooting better from three than Ariza is on this season. 
Um, he's not the defensive player that Ariza is, but you've already got Embiid, you've already got Butler, you've got Simmons. Like, you need the shooting more than you need the de- defense. Um, so I don't know. I, and just because he's shooting a better percentage, obviously that doesn't mean he's a better shooter. There's a lot of a lot of things come into play there, but I don't I don't know if Phillies necessarily would want to do that. Um, but maybe uh, it's, it's another possibility, um, and that would shave like a million and a half off your books if you pulled that. Um, but yeah, like clear cap, get Porter's contract off, limit Beal's minutes, play Troy Brown. Like that's and tank. Like that's that's pretty much what I'm what I'm like. I'm kind of in line with you, uh, mostly in line with you on this, Luke. Um, I, I I just don't think you can get like I don't think you can get a first rounder for Porter. Maybe maybe there's just a team out there that I'm not thinking of. Um, but I, his contract for what he's giving them is just not there. Um, I, I mean, it's just it's just not worth it. Um, no, maybe you could uh, um, maybe the Bulls would be interested, and they could give you like they could give you their second. Uh, they don't own next year's. That's in Philly, uh, but they could give you. I don't even know if they own 2020 to be honest with you. Um, but uh, if they could work out giving you something, because they could use a guy like Otto Porter. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you just whatever, whatever it takes. Like if if you get expirings back, I feel like it's almost worth it just to get out of the contract. But if you can get a couple seconds or even one, like I would do it. Like you got it. That's 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 by far the worst contract on your team. And you 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 have Jan Mahimni signed to what like fifteen and a half million dollars this year. Like. And and it's saying a lot that Auto Porter is still the worst contract on your on your books, um, but uh, but anyway, um, Jawan, uh, what uh, how do you see all of this? What do you think the Wizards um, should be thinking? Um, and and just in general, your thoughts on Wall going down for the season? All right, I think we must have lost Jawan. Um, well. Uh, Sorry, I'm here. Sorry. Oh, okay. Then I'm here. Cool. Sorry, I'm used to having myself on mute, so like my background noise doesn't affect the show. And I started. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. On mute. All right. uh, No, I was saying. um, uh, I kind of question not Wall's injury, but like the timing of it, Um, because there were points of the season where it didn't really seem like Wall had any lingering like injuries. He was playing great. Um, it, I, I kind of feel like it's one of those things to where it's like, I think Brooks lost the locker room. Um, so much to where players are like, you know what, I'll just get surgery. Like, you know, it's just it's horrible. <laughs> I don't want to keep playing. I'll just go get surgery. Like, I, I, I feel like Kyrie right now. Like, I want surgery. Yeah, um, I was just thinking that, like Kyrie was going to do in Cleveland. <laughs> which, Kyrie exactly. did need that surgery, so... He did need it, and to be fair, Wall does need this surgery if what they're saying is true. Um, And it is a lingering issue that could really build into something if you don't get it cleaned up. Right, and and basically he said he's trying to avoid tearing his hamstring in the future. Right. That's why I said I don't question the injury. I question the timing of the injury. Um, Well, not the timing of the injury, the timing of him deciding to to get the, uh, the surgery. 
But Scott Brooks clearly lost his locker room, so that's clear. Um, and I think we all have the mindset of this team really should just tank, like, right now, start right now. Um, I mean, you have the Hawks that sometimes are, like, looking pretty decent and winning games. And then you have the Knicks that can't decide on whether or not they want to win games or tank. So it's like, you know, if you're the Wizards, throw your hat in the ring. Like, <laughs> start trading off assets and just throw your hat in the ring. You're one of those, uh, one of those Duke kids. Um, but it, it is one of those things where they need a fresh face. Um, one guy I really thought would uh, could help change the culture of the Wizards is, I think his name is Lionel. He used to coach the Grizzlies and got fired after a 54-win season. Um, oh, yeah. I think he'd be pretty good about. for that team. Uh, I thought he would have been great for that team um, a few seasons ago where you had Wall, you had all these guys, and they looked like they should have been something. Um, I just I, I think what he could bring to that team could really like help them, but I don't know if I want that guy being the one that's that's rebuilding. Um, he kind of came into a Grizzlies team. Lionel Holland. Had Zach. Lionel Holland. Thank you. That's his name. Yeah. I think he was a really good head coach, um, and I definitely think he deserves another shot at being a head coach. But the, the Wizards just they they have to see the season for for what it is, and it's you're not going to be anything in the East. Uh, I think the Raptors will sweep you. I think Sixers will sweep you. And I'm pretty sure the Celtics would sweep you. So it's like, yeah. I, I, you know, you're not going to do anything in the playoffs if you even make it. Um, so just cut bait and rebuild uh, is, is the best thing for me to say to them. And best of wishes to John Wall. I'm glad he's getting this injury now. Um, so if you're trying to shop him in the off season. You don't have to – a team doesn't have to worry about Wall going through that surgery once he gets there. He would have already been through sure. rehabbing and everything like that. So it makes sense if you're Wall to do that now. So then if the team does deal you, you can go to the best possible place. Um, like you won't have teams – I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I kind of was so, thinking more in the sense of you're, you've already started the season off so terribly, so you might as well do it now and then – try to tank, get a good – basically do what the Grizzlies did last season. Tank for a year, get a good draft pick, and then roll it back and hopefully hit on your draft pick. Um, and, and, you know, maybe make a little other – a few tweaks here or there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a good point too. Like if he, if he does get traded, um, you know, that, that – um, you know, I mean, it might, it might make some teams nervous – just because they would want to see him come back and play. So I wouldn't expect him to get traded in the off season. But, like, you know, let's say if he was, you know, got traded before next year's deadline, so to speak. Right. Or even in the sense of, like I said, I think the biggest thing with, with NBA teams are going to be, like, I don't want to trade for a player who will then have to have the surgery. But by the right. time the off season hits, um, Wall will have already been heavily into his rehab. Um, right. So, you know, you could definitely sit down with him, sit down with his doctor or whoever did the surgery or whatever, kind of get an idea on what he could be when, you know, he's fully healthy or whatever. Um, this league is I, – I think you and Luke said it best before. There's always a sucker in the NBA, always. Never yeah. fails. It never fails. So someone would jump on getting John Wall because he, it's not like he's old. It not, it's not even like he looks horrible this year. Um, he had moments. Um, but you can kind of attribute that to the team 
lack of success, um, and the fact that obviously he was dealing with this injury. So, you know, that that's my biggest thing. Wall gets shipped off to a different team, Field gets shipped off, and you just completely rebuilt. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I'm not necessarily opposed to trading Beal, um, but I'm in no rush to trade Beal. Um, like, Beal is by far your best player. He's your best asset. Um, well, he's by far your best asset, and he's your best, in my opinion, their best player. And you make the argument for Wall, but I think that argument kind of ended last season. Um, it Well, and started last season, and it ended about as soon as it started. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Beal, like, I, I don't think the market is as good on Beal, um, you know, uh, as it were. But, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's definitely um, uh, a fluid situation, and it'll, it'll kind of be fun to monitor um, to to you know see how things kind of all shake out. Uh, Luke, you have anything else to add before we uh, shut this thing down, man? No, I mean, like you were saying, they could do the Memphis thing and, and possibly keep Beal and all that if they don't get the best and roll it back and just maybe come back with Beal and Wall and something. I mean, it might not be that bad, but right now they they just they need to do something drastic and completely commit to the tank. Don't don't half-ass it. Just completely go all in for it. Yeah, like I said, essentially do, um, you know, what, what the Grizzlies did last season when they lost Conley because um, they started, you know, essentially uh, having rest games for Gasol um, and all and limiting his minutes when he played and, and, you know, things like that. I mean, I think that's what you do with Beal at this point um, and just hope you hit on a really good draft pick and then then your options are open because then – you can either trade that draft pick for, you know, somebody who's going to make your team, you know, uh, it, it maybe in your mind, uh, you know, a serious playoff contender again, um, or you can just keep it and build with it, tear it all down and rebuild or do what the Grizzlies did and, and just utilize that piece in a way that's best going to help the guys that you have on your squad. I mean, that just makes so much sense to me at this point. Um but uh, but we'll see. Uh, again, biggest thing: get the fuck out of the luxury tax, man. Like I think it's a I, honestly, like if I was, well, I mean, if I was any one of these team owners, I, I wouldn't be that. I mean, you have more money than God, so um, it's not that concerning. But like even for a team like uh, like Portland, it's like, dude, God, like why do I have to pay a luxury tax for a team that like isn't going to make it out of the second round? Uh, maybe not even make it out of the first round, but like if you're like you know going to be a high pick in the lottery, you definitely definitely don't need to be a luxury tax team at that point. So, but uh, but anyway, uh, Juwan had to dip, but uh, thanks Juwan for joining us tonight. Uh, Luke, thank you as always, man, and we will catch you next time, brother. Peace out, yo. Peace, man. Uh, and thank you, uh, listeners, for uh, tuning in for another episode of Full Court Press. We're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, we're going to kind of take a deep dive into the playoff picture in both the Eastern and Western conferences, uh, look at a lot of these various fringe teams, um, particularly in the West where there are a lot of them, um, and explore uh, these various teams' options, what they should be looking uh, for as far as maybe 
um, you know, trade assets uh, that they, you know, can help uh, make a playoff push with um, and, you know, various other things. Um, so uh, stay tuned for that. It'll be tomorrow night at 7. And then, as always, Geek Vibes Live will be this Sunday. Uh, we'll be back uh, New Year talking about a lot of cool new stuff. Uh, and we got some um, other cool things coming down the pipe this year. We're going to, of course, always have our flagship show, Geek Vibes Live, every Sunday at 8 o'clock. But we're also going to do um, more personalized shows, so um, kind of more – uh, like when we have, you know, big, uh, big movies that come out, instead of uh, devoting the majority of our Geek Vibes live show to that, we're going to just devote a whole show to breaking down um, these various movies that we all love or TV shows or Netflix originals or anything like that. So um, stay tuned for all of that. And just a quick shout-out to our uh, other sponsor, SeatGeek. Um, guys, SeatGeek is, bar none, the best app to purchase tickets for any sort of live event. Uh, Anything you can possibly imagine, you can get with SeatGeek. Uh, It's particularly great for any sort of sports, uh, including NBA games. Uh, So definitely check that out. If you go to SeatGeek.com, you can enter our promo code, GeekVibes, and you can get $20 off your first purchase. That is SeatGeek.com, promo code GeekVibes to get $20 off your first purchase. You will not regret it. It is the most convenient way to buy tickets, guaranteed. Um, So, yeah, thank you to SeatGeek and to our other sponsors, Action Heat and Blue Chew. And we will see you guys tomorrow night at 7. Until then, peace.